0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of She Said, a podcast where three women discuss what it's like living in the 21st century. So how about some introductions? My name is Tavia James
1: and I'm 19 from Cardiff, Wales. Hi, I'm Charlotte. I am 21 and I am from Bolton, but I don't sound like it. And I am Ella McCartney from Bolton. I probably sound a bit more like it. Today's episode,
0: we are going to be discussing uh, dating and our love lives, which... Uh, I don't know about you, but I have a feeling I will be exposing myself today. So let's just dive straight into it. Hi, I'm single. This is fun. Hi, I'm also very,
1: very single.
2: Hi, I'm not single. I am very much
0: booed up. Well, let's start with you then, Ellen. So how did you meet your significant
2: other? We were both very drunk at the SU, let's say that much. (laughs) 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 Which doesn't sound like the starting point for a great relationship does it like you kind of think I always say this but I always kind of think that like if you've met someone on a night out it's not meant to last like it's just meant to be one night or whatever but somehow it's been like nearly two years now. That's the thing with um, uh, dating now
0: is that you meet in unconventional ways you don't just bump into someone in the supermarket, lock eyes, and then that's it for life, is it? It's not a fairy tale, but you said two years
2: now, is it? Um, It'll be two years come February, so like in this awkward period between one and a half years and two years, so it's just easier to round it up. Yeah.
1: So, Charlotte, your love life is very... Yeah, I'm single, but happily single. I think I've been single for so long that I've grown quite comfortable being by myself. I think I've really learned how to appreciate my own company, which I think is important for anyone, to be honest. Actually, at this point, I'd probably find it quite difficult to start sharing my life with another person and start sharing my space. I've grown quite used to being by myself.
2: See, I'm in a relationship, and I cannot, like, even want to start to think about sharing space with someone, like... I'm ferociously independent and stubborn.
0: That's a good way to be, though. I mean, you get so comfortable with just being yourself that uh, that you almost can't picture it any other way, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but it's just a way that you, become, you get so comfortable in doing what you do and what you like. The thought of having to then explain to someone else all your stupid little habits just feel... <laughs> like a burden yeah I mean this is the thing my relationship experience has been very minimal but my dating experience has been quite interesting in the sense that I have been in more talking phase I've been in loads of talking phases I've been on a couple of first dates uh, and I've had one proper relationship so I don't know why I am here to give any sort of relationship advice considering I am not the person you want it to come from but uh, I can tell you a lot about the talking stage and a lot about first dates, but very little about relationships.
2: I've also been in like a lot more talking phases than I have, obviously. Well, Tom's, well, my current partner, is my first relationship, my first kiss, my first like everything. Um, Not to be taken too literally, but also kind of to be taken. But uh, yeah, I'm just digging it hole now. Um, But yeah, he's my first like anything like... I don't know how to word it. Like first anything in person. So I've messaged a lot of people online and like... not Well, Tinder happened. That was a phase for about a month that ended. And I'm glad it did end. Um, but, like, online and just meeting people, like, through Facebook or whatever, like, random as messaging me and saying I'm cute and then, like, I've talked to them for a little bit or some on Snapchat or whatever, but, like, I've never actually been with someone else. Like, I think talking is so much easier and I feel like so, mu- so many people just, like, kind of want the temporariness of talking because it doesn't actually mean anything if you get what I mean. I've never thought of it that way.
1: Charlotte, what about you? I think a lot of people are scared of that commitment and I, I don't even think they realise it. I think people like the talking phase because it's comfortable, but they're scared of what could come next. They're scared of what it could develop into because all relationships end up one of two ways. You either stay together for the rest of your lives or or you break up. And I think people are are frightened of forever. Yeah. The talking phase is a nice, comfortable state of limbo that will they, won't they, but it, it can't stay like that forever. Eventually, you have to face that crossroads. Do we give it a go or do we part ways? And I think a lot of people are scared of that. I mean, that's the thing. The talking
0: phase is really is comforting and quite, like happy and you know normal but it's also a matter of frustration because like clearly both pair of you are interested and neither of you wanted to to make the first step which is where I've been most of my life I say most of my life most of my dating life like I've never managed to make that first step I still don't know how to make that first step but to be honest I don't think you need to know how to make that first step you just kind of have to see what happens one of you just needs to be forward or a friend just has to go look just you clearly both are interested just get on with it and move forward you know because otherwise we'll just end up being single forever
2: yeah I mean I get that but um also uh, I'm in a wheelchair for listeners people who are listening who don't know me or that um well I mean I I assume if you knew me you would know that but regardless um (laughs) and I have found like I have been in talking stages with people um, especially my tinder phase actually um the thing that it lasted about a month but then someone asked me if my wheelchair was a fashion statement that was the end of that um but there was (laughs) there's a few people that like I was talking to um, and stuff was going super well, and then like we were getting to arranging like a date. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I should probably tell you I'm in a wheelchair. I remember one guy. He wasn't even honest about it. This was a thing. He just like he was like, oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna be able to do the date now. I don't know how my parents would feel about me dating someone in a wheelchair. I was like, why would your parents be lost? And like it just yes, that is.
0: That's not good at all. If if you're going to do the online dating, you've got to be ready for anything at this point, haven't you? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's a catfish. Everyone's like slightly shorter than they put themselves.
2: See, this is, is, well, I mean, obviously I'm not on Tinder at the minute because I have a boyfriend, but like this is it with me. Because like I am very like, not low self-esteem, but like I am, I do kind of, prefer myself without the walk or the wheelchair and like most of my photos especially just of my face it's like they don't have like the walk or wheelchair and it's like if I don't put that on my profile like wherever it is am I actually being a catfish do I have to like point it out without getting the label of being a catfish like because it is a tricky one because like obviously it doesn't define me but it is like a huge part of who I am, like, in real life as such. So yeah. That's a deep one. I've done the whole Tinder bumble
0: malarkey and it's um it's been an interesting one to say the least. I haven't actually been on a date from someone on Tinder, um, but I always find that people on Tinder are a lot more forward because they feel like you have no preconceived idea as to who they are, and so they feel like they can be a bit more confident and a bit more forward uh, talking. Um, I've had a few interesting ones, um, but to be honest, it's mostly just sort of a, hi, hi, how are like you know it's a typical get to know you sort of scenario, but yeah, I I try and stay off them now because to be honest. It just got to a point where I became a bit of a serial swiper and was just... It was not good at all.
1: It becomes like a game, doesn't it? You know, I could actually be doing something productive with my life. I could could learn to knit. I could read a book. But no, instead, I am lying in bed swiping. It does. It really does. It's weird.
0: It would get to a point where it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm just there swiping through. And I'm thinking... Why is this my entertainment for the night? Like, what is going on? This shouldn't be
1: my life. It's just, it's a very weird one. Now, I've been vocally anti-Tinder in the past. Uh, All my friends are very aware of my thoughts on Tinder and online dating. But um, recently, a friend of mine got Tinder and has been gently encouraging myself and some of our mutual friends to give it a go. And um, I will admit right now that I did cave under the peer pressure and I got Tinder. I got Tinder. (laughs) But my brief Tinder experience has done absolutely nothing to change my initial opinion of it. I think it's actually just made it worse. Because those 24 hours I was on that app were 24 of the most depressing hours of my life. (laughs) I mean, I am a lesbian. I'm out. I'm open. Everybody knows it, whether they want to or not. And yet that did not deter men from liking my profile. Heterosexual men who have such a large pool of potential partners of heterosexual women to pick from. And yet they they pick lesbians. They want want to go for lesbians. The one group of women that do not want them. The group of women they actually cannot have. I hate it when they do that thing where it's like, oh, I bet I can turn you. Yeah, turn me off.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's a great response. I love that as a response. See, I've been single since... I was trying to work it out. I think it's since, like, March 2018. Which... Yeah, considering I'm only 19 is like, I would say normal. Um, And so, yeah, so I have been single for a long time, but I've had a lot of talking stages and I've had a lot of dates and um, just never seem to find anything that works. So I decided it would be fun to ask my friends, why am I still single? And they gave me four responses Uh, this, this should be fun. I am proper exposing myself at this point. Uh, one person said, haven't found the right person, but then also followed that with, well, maybe you have, but you're not confident enough to go for it, which, you know, very possible. Uh, I have standards and don't want to settle, which again, very true. Uh, I am very busy and don't have the time, which is, um, unfortunate, about myself, I seem to not know when to to uh, turn down opportunities and work and stuff. Uh, and another one said, I don't really know what I want. And to be honest, I think that last one is true because I don't really know what I want out of a relationship or out of a person. And so it's just a cycle of, I don't know what I want, but I know I want something. I don't know who I'm looking for, but I also don't want you. And you know, it's a constant circle of that. And I think I've been, a, I've clearly been stuck in that circle for the last two years. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, to say the least.
2: I would say, like, even being in a relationship now, like, I mean, I'd say a year and a half, nearly two years. That would, in the middle, but I'd say that's quite a long time for a relationship. But I'd say even now, I'm not like a hundred percent sure, like, if tom's like the right person for me or like if like even like well we're long distance so i guess like long distance is special in itself um and like obviously lockdown at the minute which is everyone's best friend um and um we've not seen each other now i think it will be five weeks on wednesday which is quite a while um and like just we always argue like especially when we've not seen each other for a while and like I do have thoughts sometimes I'm like it's like is this really what like I I mean I probably should not be saying this on podcast (laughs) now now I've said it I'm like hmm what if he listens to this but um yeah I think you never really even if you're with someone and like stuff is perfect like you're always going to be wondering like is this really what I want like could there be like oh could Zac Efron ever fall in love with me because like (laughs) obviously that's what you want but um yeah I think don't worry too obviously is the massive leap of faith I guess in trusting someone and like figuring out what you actually want yeah Well, it is that
0: whole thing of trust, isn't it? It's that whole thing of leap of faith. Like you have to throw yourself into a situation that you don't even know if it's gonna work or if it's gonna last, but you have to trust the other person wholeheartedly, otherwise it's not gonna work. And so it just becomes, you know, it just becomes a cycle of, I don't know if I can trust you because I don't want to tell you this in case it doesn't work, but it won't work unless I trust you, you know? So it's just a a vicious cycle. Dating is hard. I mean, like,
2: why? Why is it so bloody hard? Relationships and... Oh, no, relationships and dating are both as hard as each other. Like, I'd say if anything... As much as, like, relationships are good because, like, you kind of know, like, the person's there at the end of the day if you need to cry or whatever. Um, Normally my case. Um, <laughs> But, like... um. It's also, like, making sure you're both happy. And, like, you like I think it is, like, relationship, it is great, but it's, like, if they're having a bad day, they might not want to talk to you because they've had a bad day. And it's just, it's, like, and, like, when you're not happy with someone, like, because, like, for example, me and Tom argue all the time, especially when we've not seen each other. It's, like, having to, like kind of like let go of those grudges which I mean I'm very good at because I cannot hold a grudge against anybody to save my life um as I've proved on multiple occasions (laughs) um but um I just think like as much as like a relationship does seem like all happy and great is like it's not great until unless you're both putting the work into it and like I mean me and tom we are i'd say we are um but it just yeah i could imagine stuff oh well, yeah it's just it's not all fun and games that you make it out to be.
0: <laughs> it really is well considering this episode is on uh dating how about i ask you to a question because i'm really curious to see what your dating experience has been like so what has been your favorite ever first date
2: well, Tom was my first ever date, so like I cannot. I only have the experience of him, and we went to Nando's for our first date, and then to the cinema. So that was really cute. Ah, uh, so do you
0: like doing cinema dates?
2: I think so. I think it was just a bit of a safe one, to be honest, because um, it was far. I wanted. To, we went to see Fighting with my family. It was that WWE film that came out last year. Um. I wanted to see it because it had an Ellie Golden song on the soundtrack. And I think <laughs> I don't know. I think Tom just kind of liked wrestling and thought, well, might as well. Um and then obviously in Lovely Media City there is a Nando's very near the cinema. So he thought, oh, let's kind of make a evening of it. Um and we did. Um and I'd say I wouldn't say I, I'd say we've probably been on better dates like concerts and that but it was not because then we redid our day. date as it turned out it's like because he moved he we we weren't long distance at first but now we're long distance and the week before he moved away I think it was um it ended up being like no nine months exactly after our first date we went and redid it and like it was really cute, so yeah, I would say I do quite like cinema dates, but obviously, like they're not like be all or end all. Like there are obviously better dates, but cinema is it's a bit of a staple, I'd say. It's just easy. Yeah,
0: my uh,
2: my my experience with cinema dates
0: have not always been great because I find it extremely awkward because I don't know what to do so the times that I've been on the dates, I just sort of sit there and I'm watching and I'm thinking right what do I do now do I you know snuggle up do I what 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 do I do so one time I remember I did put my head on his uh shoulder but you know how his, the, the arms in the middle are really uncomfortable and so uh so I put my head on his shoulder and then he put his arm around me and then I was in I was like sort of like couched up to him and I am thinking oh my god this is uncomfortable but I can't move now and I just felt like uh great what do I do now and this is the thing I tend to not be able to sit still in the cinema I have to constantly shift um so I was like like going well, well can I move can I can I adjust can I move like what can I like I didn't know what to do at all so um that's my experience of cinema dates, but my favourite first date um, has to be, uh, I went ice skating as a first date once, which uh, I don't know if you know me, but I love ice skating. Uh, I used to have lessons as a kid and I can remember bragging to this guy that uh, I was going on a date with saying, oh, I used to have lessons. I could do crossovers. I could do melons. I could do this and that and that. And he was like, oh, well, I'm pretty confident as well. And I was like, Right. Okay, then. So, we have to try and not fall over. We're like neither of us are allowed to fall over. Then, like we we have to have a perfect, perfect run. So we we went ice skating, and it's in Cardiff Winter Wonderland. And uh, it was it was in a sort of like a big marquee, and it had lights across the top, and it was really really cute. And it was cold. And it was sort of outside. Um, the one thing I wish I did do on that day, which I didn't because I was so competitive with not falling over and being like independent and thinking I could I can skate the whole time without having to hold on to anything or anyone. I didn't hold his hand. Part of me was thinking I probably should have done that. But then I had the competitive drive in me it was like no I'm not giving in I'm not letting you hold my hand you might pull me down I don't want that to happen you know and so uh but it was great because it was sort of like a fairground so we did uh I think we did the bumper cars we did uh he won me a little soft like cuddly toy we did the big wheel We was just us two in a little one of those cars in the Big wheel. It was really nice. And we were snuggled up and it was cold. He didn't have a coat because he was an idiot. And uh, and it was just a really good first date, to be honest. I don't think I've had anything that's lived up to that one since, which is um, worrying and a shame, considering that one was a long time ago at this point. But yeah, that was my favourite first date.
1: My favourite first date. Well, at the time, we didn't actually call it a first date. But I think in hindsight, I'd consider it a first date. We, uh, we'd gone to the uh, Media Museum in Bradford, and we, we spent the day looking at all the exhibits. We brought a little packed lunch with us as a picnic. She absolutely thrashed me at Mario Kart in the video game room. <laughs> anyway, on the top floor, uh, the BFI, the British Film Institute, they have their Media Take, which is a room full of booths with screens. And you can sit in this booth and watch some of their archive. It is really, really cool. Anyway, we uh, we sat in one. We watched five go mad in Dorset. And partway through, she leans over and she kisses me. Aww. The, the whole relationship didn't actually go anywhere, but I think it's... It's a date and it's a memory that I'm always going to treasure. It was just, it was very special.
0: Ah. Ah, I love that. I love that. I think a museum is a really good first date. Because there's so much to talk about and so you're not running out of things to discuss. Because that's the thing, because that's half the issue I find personally with cinema dates. is because I, I don't know if you can tell, but I talk a lot. And so if I have to sit there for a long period of time not talking to someone, I find it really weird. So it's like, that's like what, if if a museum or something where you can just keep talking, you have things to talk about as
2: you move along,
0: it just sounds great.
2: Me and Tom um, actually... Um, It was just before he moved away. We were kind of... um, He had apparently never been... Even though he had, like, been living in Manchester on and off for at least... Wait, how? 2013 to 2009. For, like, six years at this point. He'd never been to any of Manchester's museums. So, like, before he was moving, moving back home to North Wales, we thought, oh, well, like make not make a bit of but like put a bit of effort in and like go to a couple of museums and do a few touristy things before you move away um and i don't know why because like we went to museum of science and industry which i assume you've
0: both been to no i don't think i have i don't think i've done any of the museums in manchester yet so
2: i don't know if it was because i had already seen it all before tom was absolutely mesmerized by it all and i was just like yeah but like I've been here before and I just yeah so I think museum dates would be good like if neither of you had seen it because I then we did go um we we had a weekend away in Liverpool like earlier this year um and that when we went then that was like okay because neither of us had been to like the museums before or the museum we went to before but I think it is It might just be me, to be honest, and having, like, very, like, small, short attention span and being like, but I've seen this, so it's not interesting. But, yeah. (laughs) So, while we're on the topic of first dates, what would you say is uh, your type? I've got a definite one. Gingers. (laughs) And it's problematic, like is this is the weirdest thing so tom is not ginger but somehow his family are ginger ah so there's the ginger genes in there i don't know how how deep like deeply inherited like this fetish for ginger people is but it must be pretty deep considering that like i've managed to get with someone whose family is ginger it's like oh I thought I'd got over it, to be honest, but nope, still in it. Still got a thing for gingers. That's amazing. And so just gingers? Gingers, I'd say. Yeah, gingers and I kind of maybe say... No, I I have a bit of a thing for Kelly from the Stereophonics. I did joke a couple of times on Bolton FM about maybe Welsh people, but I think that's just Kelly from the Stereophonics,
1: to be honest. Charlotte, what about you? Oh, I'm not really fussy. Well, I say that, but I think a lot of my friends would uh, disagree with me there. But a good sense of humour, I think that is an absolute must for me. Can we laugh at the same things? Can we share a joke? Because I I do think laughing together is such a good bonding experience.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I would say that I'm about the same for me um see i used to for a long time i used to say uh tall dark and handsome
2: that's what everyone says though isn't it like on love island it's like what's you type tall dark and handsome oh mine too <gasps> exactly exactly um
0: but um i saw this thing that uh i was scrolling through tiktok i know i know i'm sorry and uh, I came across the bit where a lot of people were comparing their childhood crushes to their partner. And uh, and it made me think, because I had two childhood crushes, and they're a little bit different from each other. So one is the typical tall, dark and handsome Flynn Rider from Tangled. But then again, I don't think I'm alone in that one. Um, but the other one I realised... Uh, so we've all heard of a little band called One Direction, just a minor English band. Um, or not English completely. There was, there, there is an Irishman in it and, um, and everyone had their favorite. And my favorite was Niall, who is, you know, blonde. And, uh, and now looking back at it, I kind of go, hmm, maybe I do have two physical types. Maybe I do like the blondes as well as the dark haired guys, but you know my lack of experience still doesn't live up to that so um but in terms of like personality i would say has to be like funny or at least have a similar sense of humor as i do um i for one find intelligence really uh really attractive because if someone has a real interest in a topic and they know so much about it and they really want to share that with you that to me is really really cute so um so there's that um, what'd I say, intelligent, humorous, um, patient, cause I'm pretty sure I am a handful. Um, and, uh, and the other thing is, um, is like being accepting of, uh, who I am and where I've come from. So I'm a proud Welsh woman. And we have certain things that we've done over the years. There are certain holidays that we have on top of it. So, for example, if someone was to come to, uh, if, we, if I was dating someone and they said, uh, oh, let's not do Valentine's this year, let's do Santos Doynwan instead, which is the Welsh Valentine's Day. It's less commercialized, it's just as meaningful, but it's also acknowledging my culture and my uh, nationality. And I find that, I'd find that really, really sweet because. Even if they're not Welsh, they're still acknowledging what we, I celebrate and things and what my fa- like, where I've come from and things. So it's things like that that I find really, really cute and really attractive. And I would say that that is probably my type.
2: What would say... What, what, obviously, you two haven't been in any proper long-term relationships, but what would you say are your like, no goes when it comes to relationships? This is...
0: Smoking. I can't... I can't deal with the smoking.
1: Um... I don't know. What about you, Charlotte? I know it's something that's quite far down the line in terms of a relationship, but children. Children are a big deal-breaker for me. I'm not interested in having children. I've never wanted to have children. But... I don't want to be with someone who's going to expect children from me two, three, four years down the line. Not only is it not fair on me, it's not fair on them either. Mm. Well, it is things like that. It's thinking about the long
0: term without freaking the other person out because if you do spring on the first date going by the way I am looking for a long-term partner I want to get married I want to have kids I want to have a big family house in the middle of the countryside where our kids can run you know that sort of thing it's not something you can exactly spring up on the first date because it intimidates people but you also don't want to leave it until you're like six months in and you're quite heavily committed to go oh hang on it's like actually I, I don't want that and I don't want you to give that up if that's going to make you unhappy but I also I don't want to give in to you because I know it will make me unhappy you know
2: it is difficult in it because it's like I mean t- well t- Tom finds it like, Tom finds this quite funny and overestimates it but like at some point in the future, like not for at least five years, so like don't expect an invite at any point soon. But I do want to get married, <laughs> um, and because one of his mates, Erica, actually, um, of you don't need to know him, but one of his best mates, um, is w- one of the first things he ever told me about, like his mates was he had this one best friend, best friend called Erica. And he was gonna be the bridesmaid, one of the bridesmaids at her wedding, which I think he thought was like a really cool anecdote. And oh, he's gonna to- he's gonna be a bridesmaid. That's so hilarious. Um, but Tom kind of thinks it's like, well, well, I finally met this friend. Like last time I saw him. Um, and he, he was like, oh, Ellen talks about weddings a lot. How is your wedding planning going? It's like, I don't think I do. I think I just, I might well watch a bit too much Don't Tell the Bride, but like...
0: I watch too much Say Yes to the Dress, so don't worry about
1: it.
2: <laughs> I don't like, I don't want anything to happen. Like, I've said this to him, like, I don't want anything... Like, at least for the next two or three years. Like, I def- I want to have graduated, have a bit of time in my career that I'm happy with, like, getting a decent income before I ever think of settling down.
0: See, that's what's terrifying. One of the girls from my sixth form got engaged last week.
2: No way.
0: I know. And she's 20 and she's been with uh, her boyfriend for about a year. And to me, that is terrifying because I'm thinking oh yeah okay I'll be 20 in February sure and if I think of it in terms of like my parents like my mum had me at 25 so in my head I'm thinking right so does that mean in five years time I'm going to be pregnant and that scares the hell out of me because I don't know where I'll be in five years time I mean none of us know where we're going to be in five years time especially in this climate might well be dead who knows exactly that's the thing like will I have a job will I have even graduated will I have a partner it's all of that will I be stable enough to have a family it's it's like as much as I do want a family it's still something that I would probably consider more like 10 years down the line rather than five years down the line
2: I could not imagine like just being with someone for such a short amount of time like a year and then getting engaged to them.
0: I mean, if it works, if you know, you know, but it still terrifies me that people like that I've grown up with or spent the last couple of years with are settling down and I can't even secure anyone, you know? It's like, what is going on? It's just, it's a mad, it's a mad thought and I can't get my head around it.
1: I say to each their own. I mean, some women are happy with... Leaving school at 18, getting married, having babies, settling down and making a life as a housewife. Mm. I know a number of girls I went to school with have done just that, but it's a path that suits some people, but it just, it's never appealed to me. I enjoy my independence far too much, to be honest, and I want to have a career and job security, financial security, before I even consider settling down with another person. Mm. I mean you
0: do have to remember that we're in the 21st century like we have our own lives now and so like from a young age we're allowed to do whatever we want during our teens and our 20s we have our own lives and our own career and things like that and even throughout like throughout our ages like we still have our own personal life that isn't just our family and so some people may be fine with staying at home and being with the family because that's what they want to do and if that's what makes them happy then I'm not going to shame anyone on that because that, that would be completely hypocritical, yeah? And so it's like I personally would prefer in the coming 10 years to figure out where I'm at, what I want to be doing, who I want to be with before I even consider going, all right, now what's next? Yeah. One thing I am curious to know... Um, because I suppose this might be a bit of a, a modern thing for some women to think about. But if you were to get married, um, I feel like we've got, gone a long way from just dating, from the dating talking phases. We've now walked, moved on to marriage. But just a curious thing, I don't know if you ever considered it, but how would you feel about changing your last name?
2: No, I, well, I mean, to be fair, my last name is a pain in the arse to spell. So in regards of radio terms, because, like, you'll be like, oh, hi, I'm Ellen McLeod, and it's like, obviously you want people to follow you up on, or find you on social media and, like, well, not keep in touch, but, like, kind of sit, you know what, you know what I mean. Um, So it's like, oh, get in touch with me on social media. I, I Ellen H. McLeod, and it's like, that's M-A-C, because I feel like I always have to spell my name because otherwise, like, you get so many weird variations. But I wouldn't want to take someone else's. Like, I mean, maybe double barrel, but I wouldn't, like... I don't think I'd want to be... Like, yeah. But then again, my my middle name, actually, is... I think it's my granny... um My granny's maiden name... Because that's just something my mum and dad did to kind of keep, like, the older generations' names in the family. Um, So I'm Ellen Hoban MacLeod. So I kind of already have a double... It's not really a double barreled surname. But But it can
0: be used as a double-barrel if you wanted to.
2: Yeah. I'd be, like, triple... I'd be, like, Ellen Hoban God knows what the guy's name, the guy's last name is, McCloud. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, to be fair, I have almost the opposite thought about my last name. Like, as much as I love my dad and I love my dad's family and all of that jazz, James is quite boring. And so I wouldn't be completely against changing my last name completely to whatever my partner's last name is. Um, So it's also is that it's like I can't as much as I kind of want to be like no I am my own person this is my name this is my family's name and then I'm also like yes but I kind of want to change it but that's the thing if I was halfway through my career and I was going somewhere and I was known as Tavy James I would probably have to continue being known professionally as Tavy James because you know you've got that to think about as well now because so many more women are recognized by their original name before getting married. I mean, some stars can do it. I mean, for example, um, Cheryl Tweedy, you know, she went from Cheryl Cole back to Cheryl Tweedy to Cheryl fernandez Fresnini back to Cheryl Tweedy. You know, it's like you can, if you are well known enough, you can jump back and forth. But I don't think I'm as well known as Cheryl Cole or Cheryl Tweedy or whatever.
1: Cheryl, Charlotte? Last names? Thoughts? Okay, I'm putting on the feminist goggles for this question. Because the tradition of the wife taking the husband's surname historically is symbolic of ownership. He owns her. She loses her individuality, her autonomy, when she gives up her surname. She becomes his. And I could never let myself be part of a tradition which should have died out a very, very long time ago. Honestly, when I get married, I would like to hyphenate just because then nobody owns anyone. We become a partnership. We're equals. We both have each other's names. We become part of each other's families, which is how I think it should be. Mm,
0: yeah, no, I, I I. get that feeling. I completely get that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's all we have time to discuss on dating relationships and eventually marriage. Uh, we managed to cover quite a lot in that episode. Uh, well, thank you, guys, everyone, for listening to our first ever episode of the She Said podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the She Said Pod.
2: You can also follow us individually. Uh, Ellen. Um, so I'm going to spell my name out. As I said, we have this issue. Um, so it's Ellen H. McLeod, no spaces, underscores, or whatever. And the way you spell McLeod is M A C L E O D. So L and H, and then those letters, because I'm not just going to say them again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Charlotte, I am C A Fletcher on Twitter. And if you want to see the very few photos from the very few social events I can actually go to nowadays, I am Charlotte A. Fletcher over on Instagram.
0: I'm at Tavy Talks, as you've probably figured out by now. That is all I do. Um, And I'm sure you guys have probably had a few little tips and tricks as to what to do if you were to ever take myself or Charlotte out on a date. Uh, So join us next week for another episode of the She Said Pod. But until then, we'll see you very soon.